The All Things Techie Podcast is a product of the Extreme Media Network. For advertising and sponsorship opportunities, please visit www.extrememedia.ie. That's X-T-R-E-M-E, media.ie. Audio-visual from an Irish perspective. This is the All Things Techie Podcast. It is indeed. It's Justin Dawson. It's the All Things Techie Podcast, episode 47, guys. Apologies, apologies. We haven't had episodes in so, so long, but uh, that's because I've been switching jobs. I've joined a new higher education and um, with AB support and technology support and i want to thank all the people all my listeners and all my followers on linkedin and twitter etc that's wished me well and then i've been concentrating on a couple of other personal projects a lot of study going on a lot of books a lot of reading a lot of oh dear why did i decide to take on this big big kahuna so um yeah but i have a couple of exams coming up in may but yeah, it's going to be good. Hopefully, hopefully pass them. If you'd like to get in contact with the program, you can do so by tweeting me at Justin or Dawson. You can find the website of the All Things Techie podcast at www.allthingstech.ie. And of course, um, we have the Twitter handle AV Tech Junkies if you want to contact the team. And also we have the hashtag um all things techie for all things techie like, like, like our show don't forget to subscribe to all things techie in your favorite podcast store don't forget we are going to be doing up the website as well that is another project in the making throughout this summer we have two episodes episode 47 and episode 48 back to back uh, listeners and uh, don't forget if you are watching the program on youtube hit that subscribe button and the bell and you will never miss one of our episodes now something i have talked about a lot in the past with evixa trainers and av people in ireland is that there needs to be more education coming out of ireland well i'm so delighted that this is actually happening. New Media Technology Graduate Training Programme unveiled in Ireland by Creative Technology Ireland and NEP Ireland, the worldwide group with 4,000 plus employees. Full-time, fully paid, two-year programme will support fresh talent and offer graduates of a formal career path. Those who successfully completed the programme will be offered a full-time positions in either CT Ireland or NEP Ireland. And... Um, Two of Ireland's leading companies in the media technologies communication space have joined forces to launch a new graduate training programme to bring new talent to the industry and provide a formal career path for graduates. With a number of media courses available in education institutions across Ireland, the new programme will provide graduates or those expecting to graduate this year with a chance to learn the real world crafts of broadcast and audiovisual technical operations. And as part of their training, they will have the chance to rotate through various departments, learning on the job and most high profile and exciting events in the events calendar. Uh, Creative Technologies Ireland, CT, specialise in live events, technical production and audiovisual systems installation, everything from large screen LED display for sports stadium to virtual studio facilities for cooperative events. And its clients include broadcasters such as RTE, Virgin Media, and as well as the largest 
cooperative campus facilities in the country. NEP Ireland specialises in the provision of television broadcast services, including many of Ireland's of the world's sorry, many of the world's largest sporting events, television shows, and public events, with large fleet out of out out outside broadcast vehicles, satellite and link facilities, and includes uh, SSVFX, the film special effects company responsible for many of the digital effects that is seen in leading TV and film productions. The programme will run, run over two years and uh, Alan Burns and John Roach joined me earlier on to discuss this new programme. Thanks for having us on this evening. So um, I'm Managing Director of CT Ireland. Um, we were acquired by um, NEP um, probably about two years ago now, just over two years ago, and we're, we're part of the NEP group. Um, Alan Burns is, is, is NEP and has been part of that family for a little bit longer. So where did this come from? This came from a number of discussions that the likes of myself and Alan have had over the years about the difficulty in getting people into the industry, people arriving in the industry, perhaps, you know, not really, you know, ready for the type of work and the type of industry that we are. And we looked at colleges and we, Alan had previously run, and you'll talk about a, a similar scheme to this in the broadcast side um, when it was observed. And we sat down and spoke about it and we decided, okay, we've got two companies here um, that probably employ close to 200 people in, the, in Ireland. Um, Alan has the broadcast side of his business, you know, the OB trucks, um, and we have the live events side and the systems integration side and managed services. And the concept was that we would, we would work together. We're all part of the NEP family and we would produce a graduate program um, to bring people into the industry um, and we would take them through both companies over a period of two years and they'll, they'll do a quarter in CT and then they'll do a quarter in NEP and, we, and we'll rotate them through the system like that. Um, we'll give them the Avixa qualifications. We're working with Avixa um, on the broadcast side. Alan will put them through the NEP University um, online training programs. And the, long, the goal, I suppose, is really that at the end of that period, you know, we like to think that we will, we will retain these people um, and that they'll be they'll be trained and that they'll have some real hands-on experience in the industry. So that that's kind of where it came from. Alan, I'll come to you. Uh, you 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 have the broadcasting and the OB uh, background. Now, like for Simon and myself, I came from a radio background. I I thought when I was fifteen years of age, I wanted to do radio, and then found out later in my 20s that I'm more of a technical guy. I thought I would be in front of the mic. Well, now I do the podcast, so it sort of it, it went full circle. But with that, Simon studied um, sound engineering. I studied radio. We both ended up doing a degree in media production and management because that's the only thing that was close to it. And then after that, I went off and did a master's degree in TV and radio production. The two of us fell into audiovisual and through this series of podcasts that I've done, we I usually have someone under the spotlight and ask them how they got involved in the audiovisual sector. And no one can say a straight, narrow road of I went off and I did an audiovisual degree. I've had people that were vets. I've had people that has, has studied IT. The big hullabaloo that even was in my recent article that AB is not IT. So with that in mind, 
I see I see you sort of shrugging your shoulders and going, I don't know, is that true or not? But with that in mind, there is no other course out there, especially in Ireland, that offer what you guys are hoping to do. Yeah, look, I think we've, and first of all, thanks for including me on this uh, podcast. It's, it's great to talk about these subjects, especially within the, the context of Ireland. Um, you know, we've been around in the broadcast industry before we were part of NEP as Observe, and we ran what I used to call a quadrature program where we brought in people uh, from a broad spectrum of colleges and, and third level education that were around the country. And uh, we brought them through audio. You came from a radio background, audio is still very important. Mm -hmm. uh, we took them through some of the vision side then we took them through some of the replay and graphics side, and then some of the rigging and preparation side. And that program was really, really good. And that sort of came about because there wasn't really a technical um, feed through from the universities. And I would be still critical of that. A lot of our, our universities are film school and, mm -hmm. you know, and more on the creative side. And you know, in the UK, they have colleges like Ravensbourne, et cetera, who are more traditional in, in bringing through a, a team of broadcast uh, type people who want to be TV lighting guys, cameramen, sound engineers, you know, editors, that type of uh, uh, VT editors. So we set that program up and it was super successful. OK, everybody who has come through that program is still in this in, in the industry, got the book. And I expect, you know, they will stay in this industry, which is which is great. Um, and I sort of realized with John recently that, you know, I felt we needed to do this again. OK, mm -hmm. and we needed to come together with maybe with our years of experience and with the support of NEP's uh, global ideas to, to pull together a new uh, training program. OK, and our goal here is not to take people in for two years on an internship. Our goal is to take people in, I use the old fashioned word apprenticeship, but to take people in that they will be with us in 10 years. And if they're not with us in 10 years, they're in the industry for 15 or 20 years. That's, the, that's our sort of goal with this project. And I hope that we we're appealing to, a, I think a broad base, as you say, people vets use that word, we're not necessarily looking for people who've come from film, television, or radio. We're quite happy to take pe people onto this course who've come from more practical backgrounds, who may have, um, through college, maybe struggled with the higher level of maths, but are very practical. Yeah, <laughs> are very practical and very useful in our industry. And I wouldn't like to think that we're, you know, oh, we're snobs about people and their. Um, qualifications obviously we like to see people start a course and end the course it shows commitment but I, I wouldn't rule out this to be you know if there's techie guys out there who are really practically good with it home computers you know they restore cars that you know what i don't really want but they have a good technical understanding this industry is great and most of our guys who come into this business have come from non film and television backgrounds, they've come more from technical backgrounds and we've taught them the audiovisual and broadcast skills. Mm -hmm. So it, 
it brings up several questions as soon as I read the press release. Has any university or college given it an endorsement? Have have you been it? I I know John mentioned that you were asking a couple of colleges to jump on board. Have you been successful with any of them? So we've um, we've spoken to them, Justin. We've we've been around and um, we've we've spoken to most of the colleges. Um, and to take Alan's point, you know, we've spoken to the to the traditional colleges that you'd expect us to talk to, but we've also gone to the more technical colleges as well in, 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 you know, in, in, in looking for people with a technical background. In terms of endorsement, it's very early days. Um, I would say we've had a really positive reaction to it. Um, some have offered um, and all have offered to promote it, um, but one or two of them have really jumped on board and kind of engaged with us um, and are really keen you know, to follow the journey and are keen to assist us. So, you know, it's been it's, it's been very, very well received uh, and, and we'd like to work. We want to work hand in hand with with the with the colleges um, and, and and companies that are training people as well. And as Alan said, you know, it's not really all about people coming to us just because they have degrees. You know, if you've got a passion for the industry, if you want to work hard and you want to get into this industry, it's a really, really nice way to do it, you know. And I guess it, I've always had this discussion i've even openly said it in several podcasts especially around the leaving search time and actually we're into may now so people will be i know it's a different year with covid that people are getting continuous points through that leaving search. but personally i got 205 points in the leaving search i'm not afraid to say that i've got 205 points in the leaving search why because i wasn't a theoretical type of guy i had like the hands-on i didn't like the approach of having to learn history geography maths you name it to try and get me points that were going to get me into college do you see that like there is going to be more people that might be on the applied leaving cert type of approach that might come in at 17 and a half 18 19 years of age that want to jump on board and say actually this might suit me yeah i think so and i i, I think what you're saying is you know, you're a guy who found your way into the industry and I wouldn't, anyone who feels they'd like to work in this industry shouldn't be afraid to apply based on their age or their points scoring in their leaving, in, in their exams. I think, you know, if you can demonstrate to us that you're the right type of person and the right attitude and the right, you know, attention, to, you know, attention to detail and drive, uh, we're certainly interested in talking to you. So it, it comes down then to the modules. How, how have you scripted up this whole course? It's going to be over two years. I, I say you've had several cups of virtual coffees together and you're trying to script this out, but nothing beats hand-on experience. Is it going to be 90% of coming on board with us guys? We're going to show you the ropes in a live environment or are you going to sit them down and have a have a a schedule of today we're going to do an OBS unit or equipment. John, I think from, I'll pick this up and then I'll let John pick up at the end, but the, you know, the way we've run these programs in the past and our, and our proposal on this is that there is going to be an element of theoretical, you know, training. NEP University, the NEPU has an awful lot of training resources on it. And that starts from, you know, it could be anything from Excel to specific EVS or Telex or 
specific manufacturer training that we use these products in our in our um, in our everyday, and definitely this is going to be very much. If you go into the audio, the sound department, you will work with the sound department from day one. It'll be a bit of first few weeks. It'll be a bit of a whoa helter skelter, but that will be interspersed with some technical training. You'll be mentored to a, to the head of that audio department, and you will be out actually faster than you think uh, on the side of a cold frosty night on a rugby pitch or in in, in a car, car park at the back of a uh, of the helix or something doing an event. So it, it will be quite quick. We don't see people. You know, not being useful. Our goal is to get them to do simple, simple stuff, and then build on that over the period of time. So it's going to be quite fast for for people when they get in. It sounds great, John. Do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I think you know, I, I think you've got to, I suppose, look at it from the two different perspectives. You've got Alan's side of the business, the you know, the broadcast side of the business, and you've got our side yeah. of the business, which is more the live events and AV side. Um, so, and the approach is going to be similar. It's going to be a blended learning approach. From our point of view in CT, we're going to break it down into modules. So they're going to come in. I mean, bear in mind, you know, these people are being employed. They're being paid. So, you know, it's not. That, that's something you mentioned at yes. the very beginning and even um, before we we came into studio here. That <laughs> I know from the radio broadcasting background when when I wanted to be the next uh, golden hour type of program on RTE that you know everyone comes in and they want to get into a radio station and when I started off I was the coffee boy runner mm. you know and I you know as as a researcher but like as a researcher you're you're making coffee for the guests you on the other hand and a lot of people and it still goes on and you know some some radio stations I won't even mention the names but know it goes on and like should be brought up in front of the NUJ but you are offering a salary for yeah this people. is yeah this is a different approach so I mean you know the, these and, and hopefully we'll start with eight which will be which will be a fantastic start Um, you know they'll join us and they'll go to a proper onboarding process they'll do all their health and safety they'll do all their manual handling they'll do everything that a new employee coming into an organization would do and from an AV point of view then we'll break it down into modules um, so there'll be a video module, a networking module, there'll be an audio module, um, AV infrastructure module, and we'll work with Avixa. And when I say blended learning, we'll give these, we'll set up a kind of a classroom environment um, where the graduates can go in and do their online learning, you know, but we'll also mix it. Um, so a bit similar to what Alan has said. I mean, these guys are going to be rigging, they're going to be working in the warehouse, they're going to be going out on events, etc. Um, and they're going to be blending that with learning. So, you know, we want to make sure they do their exams, that they get their qualifications and that each point in the journey, you know, that, that, that there's some metric to, to make sure that they've progressed. And one of the points I think, you know, that, that, that Alan made in the early days when we were discussing this was we don't really want a situation where four of them come into CT, you know, and stay there for a year and then move on. So we're going to do it in quarters. So they're going to spend a quarter with us and then they're going to flip and they're going to spend a quarter with NEP. So, you know, in that way, yeah, they're going to really get a really good taste of, of the whole industry. But yes, it's paid um, and it's it's a blended learning experience with working with Evixa and NEP University. Do you, I, I'm going to throw the cat amongst the pigeons and say, do you have any fears that out of the eight that you might employ that 
one might turn around and go, oh, actually, this really isn't my cup of tea, this yeah, isn't for me. Sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I, I think that's probably happened um, in the past, you know, with, with, with this scheme that Alan ran. And, you know, if that happens, so be it. And, you know, we'll, we'll bring other people on. I mean, this is going to be a rolling program. Um, Alan knows, um, you know, that our our lords and masters, um, you know, uh, are looking at this with, with keen interest. And I said it to you earlier, just in, in, a, in a previous conversation, I mean, why, why shouldn't Ireland be the centre of, you know, a learning experience for graduates coming into the audiovisual and broadcast market? Uh, you know, and, and why shouldn't why shouldn't it come from CT and, and NEP? Um, so we've got good connections into the network. They're doing similar programmes in America. Alan has done, obviously, this programme. But this is the first one that has blended broadcast and AV. And it, it, it's a, a starting point for Ireland because I think we I mentioned to you um, before the programme that, yeah, Evixa do do um, UK and Ireland roadshows. They before pre-COVID, they were over in Dublin. They would come over, they would do a workshop, but there's nothing coming out of Ireland. Mm, mm. And, you know, if, if we want to get trained, usually for VIXA type of qualifications, you might have to end up going to England because the numbers aren't there or you need to work with a big company like CT to to get on board and get enough people into a room to run the, the course. Do you do it like I know you mentioned that uh, beforehand, John, that you could easily take 10, 15, even 20 people if you if you included UK and further afield. But it's great that you're keeping the numbers low hmm. with with COVID, with I, I'm talking from my background and all the online, all the courses that I was running for my main job has now gone online and I'm looking after learning management systems. Yes, there's some stuff that needs the physical hands on showing people how to use and operate a system. But do you see that down the line that you will push a, a lot of it onto an online system and open it up a bit further theoretically, maybe to to have more people involved in the course? It's it's I don't know. We, we It's something we'd probably look at, but you have to go back, I suppose, to the original kind of reason for doing this and as alan rightly said at the outset i mean we want to we want to keep these people so you know mm -hmm. we want we want these people to come in you know and join the industry and work in ct and work in nep and stay with us and so that's the primary driver here and you also have to remember that when you look at nep as a global organization over four and a half thousand employees around the world 28 countries there's a massive career path available for people if they want to grow and they do want to travel obviously we hope to stay with us but they are feeding into that pool and there's tremendous expertise throughout the world and um, i mean this is an organization you know that does the majority of of things that we all watch on television and um, so it, it's a it's a fantastic organization to join and um, so our you know, do we want it to be a commercial training program offered to not really uh, at the moment you know we're trying to feed a requirement to bring staff um you know into the industry that are kind of fit for purpose um so that's really our main goal could it could it grow out to the uk yeah we've already spoken to to ct in london about the possibility of them taking some of these graduates over to the uk you know, for a couple of weeks work experience on the bigger shows. Alan's trucks tour the world. So, you know, that, that's not an issue for them. You know, trucks from NEP Ireland leave here and, and go to different parts of, of Europe um, covering um, different events. Yeah. So 
yeah, it's 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 really about keeping the people um, in the industry, and it's not really it's not really aimed as a commercial selling of training. Yeah, I, I definitely get that. Alan, do you want to come in and? Yeah. So look, <clears throat> I think why are we doing this is because we don't see a natural flow mm. from let's call it the colleges, or we don't see a natural funnel of people coming coming from the third level uh, training colleges or universities. In the UK, we ran very successfully pre-COVID uh, a student day. And we would invite certain uh, clients of ours to talk about maybe uh, a, a major event or something that had happened. And we would get hundreds of students from all the universities to come along who knew nothing about uh, the broadcasting or audiovisual industry. And the idea was to expose them to that. And we had people there from different areas. They met people and then they could follow up with the application form if they were interested in coming. And we got some fantastic people out of that. And maybe in Ireland, we'd like to get to that stage where we could go out and do something with the universities and a tour to the technical colleges around the country and to try and get people be more aware that this industry does exist. And as John was saying, like in the past couple of years, I've taken guys who've been through a program like this, which is we ran a number of years ago. I've had them in the Gold Coast with me on the Commonwealth Games. I've had them in Japan with me on the Rugby World Cup. We've one of our guys uh, was one of the main guys on the uh, on the Super Bowl a few years ago. So these are Irish guys working everywhere. We will have people in Wimbledon this year, and there's guys going to the World Ice Hockey Championships in 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 Riga next week. So there is a huge opportunity for us within the NEP family to be involved in global events. Um, you know, so. And, and I mean that, like most of the guys who come in have had great experiences and some of them travel when they're younger and then they have families and stuff and they don't want to travel so yeah, much. Now, I, I hear you mentioning ice hockey and I was just thinking, Simon Simon loves his ice hockey. He goes up to the Belfast Giants when he, he's able to. If he, if he, he was... I'd say if he was 20 years younger, he'd be jumping on board yeah. and going, going off with it. So, so there is real opportunity. And, you know, I think a lot of Irish, you know, Irish people travel well, mm -hmm. you know, they get on well with other, other nationalities, they fit in quickly. And I think all those skills make it the reason why uh, I'm excited to bring more people into the business and expose them to something that they didn't think they were ever going to reach in their career to, to, to be global TV technicians or audiovisual technicians around the world. I know, John, you have people going down to Expo, I think, as well, don't you? Yeah, in Dubai, yeah. Yeah, we have a team going down to Dubai, yeah. Also, also I mean, we've had a like we, we've had a number of people who've, who've joined us. Um, in, in one instance, um, we, we had a, a really superb technician who spent a lot of time with us and then, you know, decided to travel, you know, went and worked as a senior tech for Cirque du Soleil and then has now come back to us, you know. So as Alan said, like the opportunities and the global opportunities in this industry, be it AV or broadcast, are tremendous. They really, really are. And I think part of part of this program is to try and showcase, as Alan said, this industry to people who probably don't realize it exists. Yeah, and that's that's the problem. It, it, people identify audiovisual, and I I I 
firmly say that people identify audiovisual as part of the IT sector and there is a difference. And <laughs> I know I know you're still shrugging your, your shoulders there, Alan. I'm going to ask you straight out. Do you think AV is IT? I think AV is becoming IT. No, I think there's a much I think there's a much more crossover of IT skills in the in the AV sector, you know, uh, even through COVID, some of the stuff that John's teams have been doing, um, you know, with, with let, not just a Zoom call, but with a high quality presentation to, to, to people it requires audiovisual technicians and it requires quite clever network experience and IT experience to make that get to the different parts of the globes where those companies have their various staff and headquarters. I, I still come back to my magazine article where I say you still need to know the fundamentals of audiovisual. You Absolutely. still need to know the difference of lenses. You still need to know this, your sound and you still need to know how uh, to run a, a visual on on, on a, a set or an event. So that's what that's why I always say AV is still separate to IT. We're, we're happy marriage, sometimes coming to the stages of a divorce marriage, you know, depending on the event that you're running. But, uh, You'd say you mentioned you mentioned Avixa. I say the fundamentals that you want to have with Avixa is getting these eight people towards their CTS, or would you go further and go into the CTSI and the CTSD? That's something we're talking to them about at the moment. We're talking to Avixa about that, um, and you know we'd like to work in partnership with them. They seem to be enthused by what we're doing, um, you know. So that's something you know the the syllabus has been worked on at the moment. Um, and I think the important thing here is that we don't end up taking eight people and putting them in a classroom for two years, you know, in front of a computer. So the blend is really important to us, the hands on. So we, we're, we're trying to work on that at the moment. And, you know, there's a team of people working on the syllabus. Simon is one of them, um, you know, working through that to, to try and make sure that that blend works. So, yes, while the qualifications are important and yes, you know, we need to get them through those. Um, but at the same time, we need to make sure that that they're just not sitting in a in a learning environment. They're actually out on the road. They're in the warehouse. You know, they're doing the systems integration work. They're they're you know they're on the side of the rugby pitches. And to me, that's key. Um, so it's it's that blend. You know, and you know, will we get it right first time? Probably not. You know, one of the things that we are really going to do and work very hard on is 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 reviewing, is sitting down with this team of eight people that we get in and you know, charting their experience through it and getting feedback. And also if we get one or two colleges who, who really want to engage and work with us, you know, then we'll get there, we'll, we'll use their input as well. So I think it's going to be, we're going to learn, you know, it's, it's a learning exercise. It's exciting. It's very different. It hasn't been done before. Um, but I think the fundamentals are really solid. Now, you talk about the classroom environment, keeping it at a minimum. Are you two guys going to be the main lecturers at the top of the room or are you going to leave that to other people <laughs> i heard a great sorry helen go on look i you know through the nep university a lot of the courses are are um online and more so through through covid but you know i think you know it's within john and myself's remit to make sure whether these people are hired in ireland or the uk or wherever we have people working for us that we mind them and we're investing in these people we want to get it right we want these people to be with us and i think the the time that we put into meeting these people and employing them correctly and making sure they're fit for, you know they, they've got to fit in and they've got to have the right skills and 
we will absolutely be involved in the, in their two year time with us when, when they're in the different companies and we'll be you know we will be using our judgment and our eyes to see where they might end up after the two years will they go into into vision engineering will they go into audio will they go into networking you know we will also be looking at it from where we feel and where they want to go after their exposure to the to the uh, different sections because there's so many different umbrellas that or so so many different areas that you can go down a rabbit hole into the different areas of audiovisual. You know, someone might be interested in, in design and want to go down the AutoCAD and laying out and only wants to look at graphics versus someone that is interested in sound and wants to be the a sound technician, whether it be broadcasting or whether it be live event. How are you going to narrow that all down near the end for these eight different people? I don't think we'll narrow it down near the end. I mean, I think, the, you know, the, 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 they'll come to their own, I suppose, views about it. But if you think about what you just said there, so if somebody has a real passion for CAD or for design, right, they still need to understand the fundamentals of video and audio if they're okay. going to be doing those designs, you know. So I don't, you know, and also if you look at the skills that they will learn in the CT side of the house are, are applicable to Alan's side of the house and vice versa. So if you look at our modules, video, audio, and networking, all those things, you know, when they leave us and move into, into NEP Ireland, you know, they'll have benefited from that. Obviously, they'll go to a different level in some of those areas, um, you know, but I think the, none of those skills are going to be wasted. So if I want to become a, an audio engineer, I still need to understand video. I still need to understand a bit about networking. You know, if I want to be a designer, a CAD person, I still need my fundamentals. So I think what I've no doubt that during the course and it's one of the reasons alan was very adamant that we move them quarter by quarter people will gravitate to certain areas and it'll become obvious um, perhaps that they have a specific interest but i think we'll encourage them you know to see the thing through and, and to learn all the areas and by moving them quarter by quarter um it's gonna it's gonna keep that thing you know moving and flexible and interesting and agile now the, i read the press release the applications are now open they are. Um, we will put a, a link in the show notes do you expect that you're going to have a bombardment, especially in a COVID environment? Do you think you're going to have a bombardment of entries and applications? And how are you going to limit it down to eight people? I would expect we're going to have, we're, we're, we're going, I would hope that we're going to have, um, you know, a, a large number of applicants, um, you know, maybe in years two and three, as this thing grows, that, that those numbers will grow. And we're, we're going to basically treat it the same as we would treat any employment. I mean, you know, we'll go through, we'll go through the CVs, we'll go through the application forms, you know, a panel of people will sit down and go through them, you know, and, and we'll pick the people that we think will benefit most from the training, um, you know, and it's kind of no different to, to, to any regular employment situation. Um, but I would hope we would, we would get big interest in it, because if we get big interest in it, then we can talk about perhaps expanding it and growing it, you know. I think as well, anyone who's applying, um, I think it's important that they don't just, that, that they demonstrate if they were part of the theatrical society in college and did the lighting or the sound or the PA for a rock band that their mates ran, those are the type of things that will grab our attention into this industry, okay? Mm -hmm. um, or a designer, or a CAD designer, as we talk about design. Or in my, in my view, how I got into radio was say that I worked in pirate radio when i was a teenager <laughs> yeah so yeah, things 
those are the practical things. And then when we start to interview the people, we can talk, they're the things we're going to talk about, okay? Mm-hmm. And to see where their knowledge goes and their how they approach those projects. And, you know, what we do in broadcast and audiovisual, it's very visible to when, when you're a professional, whether you're a radio presenter or a sound engineer or a cameraman, if you don't focus that hurling ball correctly on a whole island final, the public notice on their TVs. They've all got 64 inch TVs these days with 4K and HD, they can see everything. So that type of pressure is, is very much in our industry. And we wanna make sure that those people that we hire um, thrive to that pressure, okay? And when you say about, did I run the, 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 you know, the, the, the band at the uh, school, college, I don't know, rag week or whatever, and they had to go and deliver that to an audience and make sure the sound right are right. They're the things that we really like to see, those type of skills and attention and that they've done something like that. So please, anyone who is watching this who's thinking of applying should certainly put in the CV any of the practical life experiences they've had in audiovisual. So when are you going to have the closing deadline date and when are you hoping to start this all off, kick off proceedings on this? Um, the, I suppose let's start at the end and work backwards. So the plan is um, all going well is is to bring the group of people on board in September. Um, you know, so the applications will run through this month um, and then we'll start screening them and interviewing people. And as I said, the kickoff plan is that we would get the eight people in in September and, and, and we'll begin the process. I actually want to keep this as a, a future episode. I love to monitor some yes. of these Mm. candidates going through the program because it's it's i'm excited about this and i'm not even taking part in the program i wish i i wish i could come on board and uh and watch this at a distance and this even even the nep university like i simon has mentioned the nep university to me before alan and i and it says that it's it's fantastic that he can study that at home especially during the covid environment that he can he can get involved and he can get trained up as well it, you know it's it's a diff you know the nearest thing that i get to these things is the manufacturing uh programs that you might find online and then you have your evixa but i i always find I'm sorry, I am a big sorry. I'm CTS, you know, it's great. It's a global standard, but I still find an American. And I, I, I'm not the only person that's ever said that. I'm hoping that you, you're, you're going to tell me that the NEP end of things and the CT end of things, it's more generic. You know, like there's a, the amount of, uh, and I, I do, I send it back to a big so I say, I, if I come across terminology that I just go, no, that's far too American. We wouldn't do that over here in Ireland. Do you get much of that with some of the programs you run? Probably, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah, some of the NEP stuff, of course, it is. It is some of it's Americanized because you know that's that's where it started from. Um, there is more and more attention being paid to 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 more world worldwide type courses. Um, but Justin, from my point of view, here's where the biggest the biggest thing is: the the online courses are great. Epix is great. NEP is great. The real benefit of this is the people that currently work in CT and in NEP Ireland. I mean, there is there is incredible talent in there. There's IT guys, there's network guys, there's AV guys, there's guys building LED walls. There's guys, as Alan had said, going out to Dubai to do to do the expo site. 
Um, you know, and you look at Alan's team. So, you know, even if you were never to do any online training course, the wealth of knowledge that exists in the 200 people, you can't beat that, yeah. You and we have some amazing staff working in both companies who are really hungry to train these people. And some of these people have been with us 20, 30, 30 years. It's huge knowledge. Yeah, uh, like I, I remember even going to one of your roadshows in the RDS. Now, could be nearly two years ago now with, yeah, with COVID. Ago, and, uh, you know, just seeing the tools for projection mapping. And I've been mm -hmm. 15 years in the industry, and I wish to God that someone would actually show me how to do projection mapping. If, if I could spend a couple of weeks, a month or two months just learning how to use the software for projection mapping, just it's an interest to me, you know, mm. that, that type of approach. And I think that's, that's you know, people are going to come into this course and they might think that their interest is in sound or broadcasting and end up you know, on a totally different path. Yeah, that's the hope. Mm -hmm. Guys, it's been great talking to you. I do hope to, to follow this up as soon as you get it running. Uh, the main website, I guess, to, to find out the information is on uh, CT Ireland, but we'll, we'll put on... And NEP. It's on the NEP Ireland, yeah, and the CT, and the CT Ireland website, yeah. And yeah, please follow, you know, follow the experience with us. Maybe a couple of months into it, we'll get a couple of the graduates to come on and talk to you about their experience. But it's, it's, it's exciting. We're excited about it. NEP have invested in it. It's a significant investment. Um, and I think it's a vote of confidence in, 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 in the team that myself and Alan have in Ireland. Um, so it's great. Yeah, it's really positive. There you go. That's Alan Burns and um, John Roach of CT Ireland and NEP Europe telling us all about the new program available by CT Creative Technology and NEP. Um, really looking forward to seeing how this progresses. We're going to be monitoring this over the two years. If I was just younger, I would take it up myself. That's episode 47 of the All Things Techie podcast, episode 48 with myself and Simon to follow this week. Stay tuned, like, comment, subscribe and share on your favourite app stores and uh, I'll talk to you and the team in episode 48. Stay tuned.